0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Listen, we left off with a powerful point I felt, and I wanted to kind of come back... We've been talking about fear, man. We've been in a series. We should do a mini series. We'll take those four out and we'll put a whole series together about fear to help you make it downloadable. Please go to Chris Arnold TV, too, man. We're getting ready to really launch. We're going to be launching out the app. I don't know if that's like me letting out too much information too soon, but I don't care. I'm excited about it. I really want to help you. I'm going to coach you. I want to train you. Amen. I want to train you to be champions because you are one. What is fear maybe holding you back? You know, from. You know, I want you to know that fear is never easy. It's tough. It's, it's, it's facing you everywhere you go sometimes, man. It's got a voice. It's loud. It's very uncomfortable. It's miserable to have to live being afraid. Some of you are right now, and it's okay because I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you break the power of fear. I'm going I'm I'm to help you overcome the ability that fear is trying to grip you with. I don't want you to be afraid another day of your life because you don't have to be. But I'm going to show you the powerful tool that God has given us. It's, it's the love of God. And I want you to see this in 1 John 4, 18. I got it in the NIV for you. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love dries out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Man, I want you to know that love, love casts out Fear. Now, I want, you to, I want you to see something here. I mean, I'm going I'm to say something. I never said this before a day in my life. I really do share this, please, right now. Help somebody. I want you to think about what we said, okay? Second, Second Timothy, when we, and sec, I think it's 2 Timothy 1 and 7. If you pull that up there, it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. And if you can keep the 1 the, um, the John close, I want, I, want to show you, I want to show you the correlation of the two, and then I want to explain something to you. I think it's really, really strong. So if you look at this, it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I think that's 2 Timothy 1.7, isn't it? Yeah, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And if you can get ready to put the first John 5.14 up there in the NIV, I want you to see something though in a minute here. God hasn't given us the what? Spirit of fear. We said fear is a spirit. And that spirit is in the earth. And that spirit is trying to get in your eyes and in your ears so it can get inside of your heart. Now, let me explain. It's fear. I love the terminology. Now, I want you to see this of 1 John 4.18. Now, it's in the King James too, but I want you to see this. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, watch what it says in 1 John 4.18. Pop that up there. Let me see it. There is no fear in love, but perfect love does what? Drives out fear. Right? Casts out fear, King James says, because fear has to do with punishment. Funny how it says, fear is a spirit, but love can cast it out. You got to get that now. How did fear get in your mind? How did fear get in your physical eyes and ears? Perfect love casts out fear. There it is right there. So fear has to be cast out. Now listen, I'm not saying anything spiritually gone, but you might be in a mental place of fear. You might be in a physical place of fear. You might be in a bodily place of fear. Love will come in and cast out fear. My God in heaven, please get that. Love. Love can do it. So now I got to get what? Perfected in the love of God. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13 in the Amplified. That's a little different, so I'm giving you some new stuff. Put this in. 1 Corinthians 13 and Amplified is going to explain to us what is love, what is God's love. Now, we've been here. Guys, I'm going to tell you now, you can never, ever be over love compensated. You know what I mean? But <laughs> like, the more we learn about love, man, the better off <laughs> we're going to be. Ain't that the God's honest truth, right? Because we've got to walk in love. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 13 Amplified Bible. Maybe we'll start around verse four or something like that. You know what I mean? Love endures long. Now, man, I'm learning what love does. Now, right, right. Let's, let's do a love checkup. Let's take the love test. What's love got to do got to do with it? Come on, somebody. Love's got everything to do with the kingdom. <laughs> You thought it was Tina Turner. Now, Tina Turner just got a revelation of Jesus. Come on, somebody, with her short skirt. Come on, Tina. <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm saying? No, God bless Tina Turner, but stay with me. You understand what I'm saying? We've seen these songs like, you know, you know I, I'm obviously playing around a little bit. But what has love got to do with it? Love's got everything to do with the gospel. Now, watch this. Now, you say, well, press I, I, Chris, I walk in love. I'm a love person. Well, we're gonna find out if you're do you endure long? Man, I'm quick with people, man, sometimes. Are you patient? God knows you know I ain't. I ain't got no patience, man. That is not a negative confession, that is a proof. <laughs> no, you know, I'm growing into patience, right? Love is kind. Are you kind? I'm kind when I unless when I'm I'm hangry. Well, I'm hangry, man. I no, come on. You see what I, love is never envious. Are you envious? Are you are are you boil are you boiling over in jealousy? Are you are you boastful? Are you veining, are you having vain are you vain? Are you displaying yourself in a haughty position? Are you conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride? Are you rude? Are you acting unbecomingly? Uh, guys, I'm just, I'm just saying, love, God's love in us does not insist in its own rights, its own way, it's not self-seeking, it's not touchy, fretful, or resentful. God's love. How about this one? It's not self-seeking. Oh, my God. It's not touchy. And it's not fretful. It's not resentful. God's love. Look what it says. You can keep going. It says what? It takes no account. Oh, my God. It takes no account of an evil done it and pays no attention to a suffered wrong. That's the love of God. He said when you get perfected in love, you can get rid of fear. You ever ask yourself why? Why does love, why does love, why does love overcome fear? would not you think maybe authority would overcome fear or power would overcome fear? Obviously they have something to do with it, because fear is a spirit. But love has no thought of punishment in it. Love has no lack or loss in it. When you're walking in love, you're not worried about the other side of humanity because you're walking in the love side of God. When you're in the love side of God, I can love people. When you're in the love side of God, you can love yourself. Jesus said a scripture, it's very odd in the word of God, if you're not really serious. and I know you're, you're serious about this, but he says, he says, you got to love. You got to love. You got to love other people. But you got to love yourself a little bit. You ever ask that question? What do you, what do you mean? It says, in, if you don't have a love, a love, what he's saying is this, you better have a value of who you are in God's eyes and put the love level on the value that God placed on you And you'll never be separated in this place of fear again. Because God said, I love you so much that nothing can separate me from you. Man, there's where the confidence over fear comes. And the inabilities of life are erased. God loves me so much, he can't let me fail. He won't let me fail. You see the mentality of it? It's kind of like a different way of looking at it. I got to love people. But I'll tell you right here now, until you love you, You might have a problem loving people, but the only reason why I love me is not because of self-accomplishment, not because of what I've done in the earth, not because I'm glorying in my ability, but because he first loved me, amen? He invested in me. I put value on me, not because of other people's public opinion about me, but I put value on me. Because he put value on me. And when I start walking in the revelation of the value he placed on me, I walk in the power and the authority of what he's given me. I know it's kind of wild, but you'll see it as we go. I think it's really important because you're practicing, you're almost practicing um, the presence of God like this. What I mean by this? You're like, hey, wait a minute. God loves me. He doesn't want nothing bad for me. Hey, God, No, people, it's like this. This is the best way to, I think this is one of the better ways to say it. Adam and Eve show up in the garden. God's like, you do whatever you want to do. Just don't eat it at a tree. Why would you focus on the one thing God said not to touch when he said you could touch everything else? Because human nature is, is not to look at what we have. It's to look at what we don't have and say, I want it. So what happens is, is God a big meanie because he said don't touch the tree? If God's telling you, not to go near something, it's not good for your life. If God's trying to get you out of that relationship, it's not because he's a big goofy. He's just trying to protect you. He loves you. If God doesn't want you getting this thing or get, you know, I had somebody one time, I said, I want this job. We prayed. We agreed. Okay, great. They didn't get the job. They called up. They were all down. I said, well, praise the Lord. You don't want that job. Didn't we pray and agree that God's going to give you the perfect job? Didn't we pray and agree that God, if this was a door, that God would open it? So if God, didn't, if God shut it down, well, then praise be the Lord. I'm going to give you one one time. This is a, this is a life or death situation. I, I, I had somebody, and they were praying about something in a really big uh, scale. I don't want to say too much because, you know, I don't want to, um, you know, they're not in the church, but it's just it's not really right. So I was like, hey, I was like, man, they came to me and they said, pray about it. I hated every idea of it. I did not want them going where they were going to go. I was like, I don't agree with it. I think it's bad. I don't think they need to do this. I don't have any peace about this. I don't think it's a good idea. Well, they went and did it anyway. And halfway through the thing they were doing, they literally got released. It was bad. They got basically, they got released. Basically, they got fired. They got fired. They got, they got, they had a legal problem. It was a mess. And all of a sudden, but it was something very critical and I was like, they could've literally lost their life. So the, the, the one of the family members came to me, it was like the father came to me and said, Pastor Chris, I'm so upset about this. I said, I'm not. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, I didn't want to even go down that road. I told you when we started. I said, What if, what if this was a loss of life or something big? Don't you think God loves that kid enough that he never wanted him to be in that spot anyway? And now these doors are slamming shut. Almost abruptly and roughly, because we shouldn't even be in this spot right now. And they said, well, they took a step back. I never thought of it like that. And I literally said this out of my mouth. I literally said this out. I'd rather be going to meetings about this than walking into a funeral home because we didn't obey. God loves you too much to leave you comfortable. And and the family understood it when I said it. And the guy even understood it. And the kid understood it. I was like, do you realize we we, we weren't even supposed to be there? What you look at as a problem was maybe the grace of God to keep you alive. Guys, do you realize how much God loves you? He doesn't want you getting in in bad situations. He doesn't want you getting in miserable relationships. He doesn't want, well, why doesn't he, no, 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 stop that. God's got a perfect plan because he loves you. And you're afraid that you're gonna miss something in life or you're afraid that something's not gonna happen or we're afraid to try and reach. I don't know, I'm telling you what, I don't know why I'm on this, but I'm telling you today, listen to me tonight. Listen, God loves you too much to let you make a mistake. That's why maybe sometimes he's corrective and sometimes he's leading and he's guiding and he's trying to help you. That's what the Spirit of God said. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they're the sons of God. Sometimes it's not comfortable. You know, one time, I remember something too. I said to God, I said, what about this? He was like, no. I was like, no, but no, I want that. No. It's no today. It's no tomorrow. It's no forever. Man, I look back on life. If I would have got everything I wanted, I would have been messed up. Guys, here's the truth. It's always been the truth. If God be for me, who in the world could be against me? Nothing could separate me from God's love. So, don't think some seasons of life are just setbacks. They're not setbacks. All they are is this it's a setup for God's greater blessing. Ain't that good news? God set me up for his best. Stop looking at closed doors as, oh, God, why didn't you do this? Look at closed doors as peace and safety so you don't step in the wrong door. And I promise you this God is so good. He loves you too much to leave where you're at. Look at this. I got a good one for you here. Common fears. I found this. This is really good. I found this, and I thought about this. Common fears that people face that they must overcome, and I found it in Scripture. really blessed me, right? Mary, Mary, Mary faced the fear of inadequacy, the Virgin Mary. Look what it says here in Luke 1, 29. Look in Luke 129. I thought of this. I, you could, I got some stuff here that I really want to get to you. Mary, I found this. It was really powerful when I found, I was reading these. And when I found them, I was like, wow, they were like fears that people face. We all face the fear of inadequacy. We don't feel like we measure up. We don't feel like we can. Look at this. And when, and it says this, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and casted her mind. What manner of salutation this should be when the angel came to her. She said, and the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast favor with God. Do you see this? And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth the son and shall call his name Jesus. Do you see that? Mary faced a common fear of inadequacy. Who am I that something like this should happen to me? He said, be not afraid. So the angel said unto her, be not afraid. She was confused. She was disturbed. She didn't know. She tried to think, what could this angel be saying? I never heard of such a thing. But watch this. Don't be afraid. You will have a son and you are to name him Jesus. And he will be the son of God, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords. Think of that. We all face the fear. These are some common fears. Inadequacy. Well, who am I to get this job? Who am I to have this person in my life? Who am I? We all have to face the common fear of inadequacy. We don't feel like we measure up. The fear of inadequacy is basically this. The enemy trying to speak to me and you and stop us from God's greatest potential in our life. Think of this one. This one really got me. And I thought it is because we're trying to find peace, okay? We're trying to find peace sometimes in the midst of some of the fears we face in life. How about this one? How about Joseph? Man, Joseph faced the fear of disapproval. This is a good one right here. Disapproved. Listen to this one. Matthew, um, I'm going to give you this one. Um, Joseph, Joseph said this, the fear of disapproval because he felt like what? In Matthew 1, 18 through 20. Not Joseph, the original Joseph, 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 (laughs) Joseph, Mary's husband. Now, Jesus, think about Joseph, think of that Joseph. He was an outcast, right? Now, this is how Jesus Christ was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, who was basically her fiance, right, being a good and righteous man, decided not to break off the engagement quietly. So would not, he decided to break it off quietly, so we would not make Mary look like a public example. But after he considered doing this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, "Joseph, don't be afraid. To take Mary home as your wife, because the child in her is from God." Think about this one. He's got the fear of like, "Oh my God, I'm I'm going to be disapproved by people." How many of you know this would be this in the, in this day and age we live in? This would be like almost like an outcast kind of situation. But he faced the disapproval of man. To walk in the obedience of God. This story right here is so powerful. Mary goes with the inadequacy of life. Who am I that God would want to do this in me? Joseph sitting there with the disapproval of man to feel like, oh my God. I started, you can think of thousands of stories. I thought about Joseph in the Old Testament. He's an outcast, not accepted, not wanted. Even in his own father's house, David. Do you ever think of David? Matter of fact, I'm gonna talk to you about David. Because David. I believed with all of my heart that David was an outcast from the beginning. Well, what do you mean? He didn't, he didn't, David, David in, in a position of, of, of his heart, he didn't fit in. Um, you know, David was overlooked. David wasn't even picked to come to the father's house for the time of when a king was going to arise. David's playing with sheep and his brothers are being promoted maybe right before his eyes. He didn't even get an invitation. I really feel like David could have almost felt all his life inadequate, never really accepted in my house, never really understood by my peers. Joseph was one of the greatest like that too. Joseph was never understood by his siblings to the point where he was almost shunned away for the favor that was upon his life. Sometimes the favor on your life makes you unacceptable to others. Sometimes the call of God on your life makes other people jealous of you. I I don't know what it is you walk through right now. Maybe you feel inadequate. Maybe you feel disapproved. Maybe you feel like, I don't know what your fears are, but I know they're all phobias. Like I said last week, they kind of all go to, like, fear is the root, but here's all the fruit, you know? I'm inadequate as a fruit. I don't feel like I'm accepted as a fruit. I don't I feel like I've been overlooked as a fruit. If you pull that all back, it comes out of the root of fear. Fear of not of rejection. Fear rejection is 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 if you if you spit it back to that root, is fear. Disapproval. All those things that are trying to hold you back in life. But God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. So how can I can replace, here's my question to you. So Pastor Chris, that's great. I understand. I know I got some fear. I'm seeing it. You've been talking about this. How do I overcome? Well, first and foremost thing, how do I replace fear with faith? Because you got to think about this. The opposite of fear is faith. So how do I get my faith to kick into gear to overcome the fears of life? Well, number one, I must surrender my life completely to God. Man, that is so true and so good. I have to surrender my life completely to God. That's a big one, right? Yeah, I mean, whatever God wants, that's what I'm going to do. Surrender your heart to God. Surrender your life to God. Now, what does that look like? Well, that means you're going to have to put the word of God first. I think the number one way to surrender your life to God is place the word of God first place in your life. Find, come on, find a plan and this, troubles will fade away the minute you put God's word first place. That's one of the most, surrendering my life to God completely means this. Mary even responded to that in Luke 1.38. She said, whatsoever he tells you, I'm down. Look at this. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. You know, Zachariah's problem was what? He said, I don't understand it. He said, good, you stuck on mute. But Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's what you got to say. Instead of me looking at the fear, instead of me looking at the fright, instead of me looking at the phobia, instead of me looking at the problem, I said what? Oh, beat unto me according to thy word. Hallelujah. I mean, that's a safe place. Here's the big one, too. We got to stop listening to the voice of fear. Shut it off. Shut it off, man. When it's talking to you, talk back to it. I think Peter sank in the lake because he heard fear. He heard fear. Remember I told you last week? He come in there and he's like, I see the wind. You ain't never seen the wind a day in your life. You see the effects of the wind. Okay? Same thing with fear. It's a spirit. The spirit is what? Spirits are Unseen. But you see the effects of the spirit. What is the effects of the spirit? The spirit effects of fear are, are listed in all this crazy stuff. Worry, fear, fret, right? You guys just I feel it. Oh, you know right? You got the feeling of the spirit and the spirit brings a feeling. So what is the feeling is not the feeling is the byproduct. Amen. Amen. You know, I hear people like, ooh, you talking, I get goosebumps. You know, like like the Holy Ghost is a goosebump. He ain't no goosebump. It's the effect of the wind of the Spirit touching you. You feel his presence. Amen? I've had people, ooh, I felt so hot. The Holy Ghost ain't hot. Amen? He's like fire. Amen? When he shows up, you feel the heat. You see it? So you say, I'm worried about this. Well, guess what? There's a spirit around. I'm not talking about a horror movie. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the spirit behind it is fear. So when fear shows up, it has what? Manifestations of fear. Manifestations of fear are all these kind of things that show up. Stop listening to it. It's talking to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. What you're not, what you, someone come on, it's pushing you. Oh, I promise you it's trying to push you. It's trying to push you. Fear is a controlling spirit. Do you get that? It's trying to control your actions. You press against it. Lou, stop listening to the voice. Here's a big one. You ready for this one? Fill your mind and focus on God. Fill your mind and focus on God. I promise you it's true. Fill your mind with the word. Fill your mind with the spirit actions that you need to do. Fill your mind with p- praying. Fill your mind with reading. Fill your mind with worship. Fill your mind and put your focus somewhere else. See, this is the thing. I'm going to say this. Worship is really important. Now, this is, the, this is the thing I want you to be careful of, okay? Because I see a lot of people do this, and I don't like it. Like, I'm afraid, so I got to go pray for nine hours to load up to go press into the earth. That bothers me. I don't want you to ever have to live like, oh, I got to go do something with God so I can just make it through the earth. That is not dominion, okay? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to worship God, not to overcome the fear, but I want you to worship God to take your focus off the fear and magnify God. You see that? Like, I don't want you to be like, oh, I got to pray up. You know, I used to have this, I had this lady in the church for a while and she was oppressed, you know? She comes and says, oh, I have to go pray in the spirit to overcome this. No, I was like, no, no, no. I said, pray in the spirit to get authority, then walk out there and tell fear what's up. Did you get that? Like a lot of people, now listen, I can help people. Like if you have anxiety or you have fear, a lot of people deal with this stuff, man. I can help you. You're not spending time with God to get the ability just to make it through life. You're spending time with God to get educated on how to have dominion in life, okay? So you go load up in the presence of God, and then come into the earth and enforce dominion. You don't load up with God just to make it. Fear is fear is not your manipulation tool to make you get get in the presence of God. Just to make it. So I was I was telling I used to tell this lady. She goes, "Oh, it's there." Oh, you know. I said, "No, no, you ain't you ain't figured out dominion yet." She was convinced she had it, but she didn't have it. I said, "No." When you get a revelation of dominion, you go load up with God, and then you come in the atmosphere. I don't need you praying in the spirit when fear shows up. I need you demanding and decreeing something. I don't need, you should have been praying in the spirit before, but you ain't praying in the spirit just to make it. And I know fear is miserable. Oh, it's a miserable spirit. It's ornery. Doesn't want to leave. Yeah, you know, shows up every day. Doesn't leave. Tries to come at the most inopportune time. You know what I mean? And that joker, it's just hiding, you know? And, and a lot of times we get fear because we want man's approval. What do people think about me? How do people see me? In, fear is linked to an insecurity. I'm telling you, a lot of people think like, well, you know, I'm just, in, no, fear. That's fear. Man's approval. What do people think about me? How, how do they see me? Man, I'll tell you what, this joker will bombard your mind if you allow that thing to open. It's like a, it's like a door. Once you open it, it's like a... Floodgates, man, open up. So we're going to shut this thing down, okay? Fear. I don't want you going there. You understand what I'm saying? But this is important. I want you putting your focus on worship, not to just make it, but to change your focus. Because whatever I can get you worshiping on, I can change your focus. If I change your focus, I can change what you feel. If you leave this thing right in front of your face and this is all you see, You're going to, like, worry and fret and all that stuff. You're going to be fearful. So what we're going to do is we're going to change your focus. Fear fear is a result of a wrong self-image. It's focusing on that which is coming at us rather than what is alive within us. Get that? Fear, fear is a result of a wrong self-image. It is focusing on that which is coming at us rather than what is alive in, within us. Okay? Or in us. So we're looking at, oh, you know, the fear. Oh, it's coming all over here. No, look at God inside of you. It's a lack of belief in God's earnestness to protect us in the midst of the storm. That's why we told you that. Man, this is good. Write this down. Write this down. The presence, come on, you better tweet this. You better put this in your comment thing. The presence of fear is proof that I'm focusing on the power of defeat. The presence of fear is proof that I am focusing on the power of defeat. My focus is on the wrong thing. Amen? Remember that was Numbers 13? Remember Numbers 13? Remember Numbers 13, 31? You can go there. We're not able. God told him, take the land. spies. The children of Israel, spied out the land. But this fellow, this scout said, we are not able. God told him, you're able. This goes to prove that your opinion of you could be greater than God's word about you. Your opinion of you is greater than what God said about you in the situation. Your opinion of you is greater than God's word about you in the situation. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Did you get that? You can shut down what God's doing. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go against these people, for they're stronger than we. How do you know they're stronger than you? And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out saying, the land through which we went. The land, it devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom saw it were great stature, giants in there. And we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. Man, you see that right there? Look at what it says here. And we and we and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight, grasshopper. How in the world do people see you? People see you the way you see you. You see it. It's law. I'm defeated. If you're defeated in your head, people are gonna see like you defeated. Now the enemy knows. You ain't no grasshopper. You're a champion. Here's a big one. Here's a big one. When you become courageous, it's a proof that your focus is clear. Remember Joshua 1.8? I like the Joshua 1.8. You want to go see Joshua 1.8? Y'all know Joshua 1.8? If you don't know Joshua 1.8, my God in heaven, you're going to learn it today. This book of the law shall not depart. He's telling Joshua, Moses is dead. He said, Joshua, you got to bring these people in. Moses couldn't do it. You know, as great as Moses was, he couldn't get the people to the finish line. Man, I'm going to tell you something right here now. Aaron, Aaron, I got this, Aaron is a man pleaser because Moses is on the mountain with God and Aaron's like, whatever these people want, give it to them. These are leadership you're following in the church. This is leadership that every church will fall under a category of some sort of leadership structure. That isn't like so so much say a written law, but it's a spiritual law that's in place. Aaron is a man pleaser, man. You got that running rampant in the body of Christ. Well, just give the people what they want because Aaron, that joker, Moses is on the mountain with God, and this joker's with the people, and they're like, "We're mad. Moses left us. We better go home." He's like, "Do whatever you want to do." He got him. He got a melting down the gold and creating graven images, and got the places. Anarchy running wild, because he's a lousy leader. You understand what What I just said? Aaron is a lousy leader. I said it. When I get to heaven, me and him can talk about it. I don't plan on going anytime soon. Lousy leader. Give the people whatever they want. Just keep them happy. That's the church today. You got Aaron leadership. Aaron helped Moses. Yeah, well, Aaron couldn't lead people, so just go be a helper and shut up. That's not for the people in the church. You understand what I'm saying? But your leader, if you if you ain't gonna have confrontation with people, then go then go go be Aaron. Aaron. Aaron Aaron's a man pleaser. You understand know, it? Now listen to me about Moses' leadership. Moses is real smart, but Moses he had a problem too. Oh, Moses had a problem. Yeah. You know what's funny? Aaron had an outside problem. Moses had an inside problem, and Joshua had the problem solved. I'm going to show you right here now. Ready? You never heard this before. Moses, he got a problem internally. Number one, he had a problem with his own identification of who he was. That's why he's killing that Egyptian way too early, and the people drove him nuts. (laughs) The people wore him out because Moses didn't follow the instruction from God in a critical moment because the people stressed him out to the point where he couldn't take it no more. He smacked the rock one too many times. Let me explain this, this way I see it, okay? Aaron, he's just a man pleaser. He ain't got no shot. He ain't got no shot. That guy didn't even leave the parking lot. He was giving these people whatever they wanted. He was not meant to lead anybody anywhere. He was meant to be a helper and a follower. No problem. That's good. We need you. The problem with the helpers and the followers is when they try to be leaders and they mess messing up for everybody, okay? Are you going to critique Moses' leadership? Yeah, I am. Moses' leadership, this is how you learn. Moses' leadership was great, but he had internal struggles within himself that could not allow him to obey God in a critical season. That's where you got to go die because these people are going to wear you out. And you cannot disobey God because of the people's pressure on you. So, that's that. So, now Joshua shows up and God's like, look, you're my shot to get these people over, but you have to have something the other two guys didn't have to make it. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but meditate therein day and night that thou may observe to do everything that's been written according to the word. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. But look what he says. He said, be strong and be very courageous. Have I not commanded thee to be strong and of good courage? And be not afraid. Why not be afraid? Because if you get fearful, look, bro, if you get fearful, you ain't going to fulfill nothing I got for you, man. Because fear is going to cross-circuit all this power, all this, other. it's going to be a mess. Be strong and courageous. Don't pick up fear. Now, watch this. Pastor Chris, are you saying, are you saying, that fear stopped those people, you better believe I am. Aaron was afraid of the disapproval of man. So he gave them whatever they wanted. I say this, I never think, it, I don't know. I think Moses disapproved himself. I think Moses struggled all his life to try to figure out his identity because he was orphaned from the beginning. And Joshua had to figure out how do I follow a great leader and step into the greatness of a calling? even when there's no roadmap to success. And fear will face me in every battle. But if I can overcome it, I can achieve. Not achieve just for me, but achieve for the kingdom. And Joshua leads people to a place that really only maybe him and Caleb first saw now a generation can see because they wouldn't let go of their faith in seasons where others abandon theirs. Not easy, but courage is the proof that your focus is clear. Peace, I said this last week, man, this blessed me. Peace is not about the absence of trouble, guys. It is the awareness of God's presence in the midst of trouble. Because we're all trying to find Peace. Peace is not the absence of trouble. It is the awareness of God's presence in the trouble. That's when we're getting somewhere. Even in the midst of the trouble. <sighs> Man. Because isn't that what we're trying to do? I am going to say this right in this town. It's going to help you. Peace is only experienced by those who fix their thoughts on God. Peace is only experienced by those who fix their thoughts on God. Man, that's a good one. Peace is only experienced by those who fix their thoughts on God. If you don't fix your thoughts on God, you're not going to find peace. Fixes peace. Well, peace. Peace is only experienced by those who fix their thoughts on God. Here's a big one. I want you to pull this in. Pastor Chris, you're going to say, I know, but sometimes in life, you know, that's Isaiah 26 and 3. You might want to pull that one up there so they can pull that scripture in. Isaiah 26 and 3, he'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. You will keep him in perfect peace whose whose mind is stayed on thee because what? He trusteth in thee. You see that? Because he trusteth in thee. Did you get that? Yeah, put, put, put verse three back. I'll let them see. I know it's like kind of tied in there, but I, th- that'll be really helpful for them to see that. It says, "You will keep him in perfect peace." Okay, who's going to stay in perfect peace? Whose mind requirement? whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee? So how do I know I'm trusting in God? I'm keeping my mind stayed on Him. If my mind's like, "Oh my God, the problem! Oh my God, I'm not trusting God!" Every time your mind Wander. I just did it, right? I was in this thing and it was like I was mind dealing. I call it mind dealing. Like I wasn't settled in it. Like I was like, I thought about it, I thought about it, I gave it to God, I thought about it, I thought about it, I gave it to God, I I thought about it, I thought about it, I gave it to God, and then I was like, all right, that's it, I'm done. That's it, I'm done. I drew the line in the sand in my head, and I said, I'm giving this to you, and now I'm just gonna focus on you. And then here come the thought, I said, sorry, I'm on God. Here come the idea, sorry, I'm on God. Here comes, what are you going to do? Sorry, I'm stuck on God. What are you going to do? Sorry, I'm stuck on God. Sorry, I'm stuck on, you know what I'm saying? You're like robotic in your action, like, no, I'm not, I'm not going, you know, it's like, get out of, don't go there. Don't go there. Stay here. This is a big one, and I want you to get this. Meditating on who you are will end all of your emotional unrest. Man, oh man, oh man, meditating on who you are will end all emotional unrest. So when you take the time to say, hey, who am I in Christ? That's Romans 5 and 1. Let's look at it, Romans 5 and 1. I want to end the emotional unrest in your life, guys. I want to end it. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See it? Therefore, being what? Justified by faith. Just as if I never sinned. Justification by faith, we have peace. I got peace. If I got peace with God, I ain't got no turmoil in life. Peace. But how do you do that? I got to meditate on that. Meditation on who I am will end all my emotional unrest. Your emotional unrest is sometimes developed because we don't know who we are in Christ. And I'm looking for people to fill up things, I should surrender to God. The minute you surrender to God, you ignite peace within yourself. Matthew 11:28. Come on, look at this. Matthew 11:28, 29 and 30. Then Jesus told him what was up. Then Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle, and you will find rest for your soul. Oh, my God. For my yoke fits perfectly, and the burden I give you is light. I got a little different translation, but you know what I mean? My God, my yoke is easy. Are you getting that? Surrendering to God ignites peace within me. Once I get there, you can't take peace away from me. Come on, somebody. Look at this. Embracing God's truth turns all fears away. Once i embrace the truth of God, fear ain't got no place. Can't get in there. Can't get in my mind can't get it in my ear, can't get it in my eye. Listen, I'm going to tell you something real quick. Remember when John the Baptist got thrown in prison and he freaked out, right? He's like, man, he's the one who told us he's the Christ. Now all of a sudden he don't know he's Christ. He's like, go send his disciples to go see Jesus, ask me if he's the Christ. Jesus gives a great tell. He said, you go ask John what he see and what he hear. Because what he's seeing now and what he's hearing now is producing fear. But I could produce faith in him if he could see again and hear again. That is my word to you today, and that's what I'm closing with. Can you see it again? Can you hear it again? You know, I'm going to show you something right here now. Peter, Peter, is, I'm going to give you two things about Peter, same thing. Peter saw in the realm of the spirit when he seen Jesus walking on the water and he wanted it, and he stepped out on faith, but he couldn't stay there. Peter heard in the realm of the spirit when Jesus said, who am I? He said, you're the Christ. Two minutes later, he said, get behind me, Satan. He's sinking in the lake, and he's Satan behind Christ because he heard and saw something he could not maintain by faith, but faith opened the door. If you could, Peter did the same thing that John the Baptist did. John hit the prison ministry of trouble and said, I don't even know if he's Christ. Jesus said, Go back and see it again. Go back and hear it again. Go back and understand it again. And go back and get ready to be exactly what God called you to be. Because God, God equipped you for the mission. God gave you the plan and the success to do it. Woo! I'm promising you this. God is ready to do supernaturally, abundantly everything. Oh, my God, he is. Ready to do it now. Now bless him and I bless you now. Let me pray for you. I'm telling you, you're going to do it in your life. He can do it because he wants to do it. He's going to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you at the sound of my voice for supernatural power meeting their needs. I thank you, Lord, for blessing them, keeping them, watching over them, being there for them. God, I thank you, Lord. You're rearranging the plan that you had to make sure it's fulfilled with the perfectness of your plan from the beginning. No fear can. Everything that fear hindered them in and trying to stop them in. I'm break it right now. And I command the faith of God to arise in their soul. The power of God and the anointing make a way. And I thank you, Lord, that this is going to be the best life they've ever lived free from fear because I take authority over the spirit of fear in their life. And I break it right now in Jesus' mighty name. I loose the angels of heaven to lead them and guide them and help them. And I thank you, Lord, for increasing supernatural blessings coming their way in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Man, we love you guys. I miss you. I've been seeing you on Sunday, 1030. We're excited. We got 9 o'clock is live on the internet and 1030 live in person. Both services are streamed. Stay where you're at. But I promise you this, man, we are going to new levels and we are taking ground for the kingdom. We love you and God bless you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.